With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board at The Athletic, presented by BetMGM. We are heading into the first ever Week 18 in the NFL, still the regular season, even though we are comfortably into January. And with that, allow us once again to wish you a Happy New Year, our first episode of the 2022 calendar year. We're going to take a look ahead at some of those Week 18 games and also talk a little bit of Monday Night Football before we turn it over to the NBA side of things and break down the Monday NBA slate. Michael Beller here with you, joined off the top of the show, as I frequently am here on Mondays, by Andrew DeWitt. And DeWitt, Week 18, man, it's it's going to be an interesting one with uh, the teams that have stuff at stake, the teams that maybe have something at stake but could lose having that at stake halfway through their game. It's it's going to be a fun one to figure out. Yeah, like you look at the Chiefs. They they obviously need to win. They got put on the Saturday game, which yep. they might like the extra day of rest going into the playoffs. But that also means like the Titans kind of know what will happen on mm-hmm. Sunday if they need to win. Just semi-unfair. I mean, a little bit by the NFL, but they had to fill those time slots in. Yep. But I mean, it's it's a great week, just like especially in like pool play, and not just necessarily what you're doing on, you know, on the betting side, but on like your your straight up pick 'em leagues. Like, which teams have the motivations this week? Which teams don't care? Which team need to lose mm-hmm. yeah. to get those like two, <laughs> three, four, five slots in the uh-huh. NFL draft? The draft? Like, but the problem is the players care. Like the Lions yesterday, players care no great matter what. Example, yeah. the players care. Like I honestly, I honestly don't believe. Like in the Texans, it's another great example mm-hmm. of two teams that. Seem like they've been playing really hard lately, yep. uh, playing for their coaches. Seem to care about their coaches. Want to, you know, keep their coaches around. You know, even if it's mm-hmm. both coaches are in their first year and they're probably not getting fired. But I mean, it just seems like it's it's, it's an interesting week to like look and like think through the psychology of what does this team have to yep. play for? Because early in the season, everybody just wants to win because they just want to win. And now, you know, it's just like what is in front of each team? What motivations do they have? What injuries do they have? What injuries do they have that we don't know about? So that like mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is a perfect example of one of my bets later. Like he's still probably a little banged up. So yeah. and they really know, don't just, have anything it, to play for. Right, exactly. They're you know, they're kind of stuck where they are. So it's uh-huh. just an interesting it's just an interesting dynamic between all these teams. And tonight's game, if you want to jump into tonight's game. Yeah, we can start with you that. know it Yeah, tonight's game is like the we saw a six point swing in the, the spread last <laughs> night between because the Browns were fared by three, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden this, they got eliminated last night uh, late, and now the Steelers are favored by three at BetMGM. So, or last time I checked, about an hour ago. So it's just interesting to see how that kind of the psychology of it is just so interesting. Of you know, you can really just sit down and look at all the scenarios, mm-hmm. look through what team has to play for what, and then kind of make your bets that way, and you know, kind of really dive into the the significance of what each player is thinking about too. It's a perfect way to jump into week 18 with this wrap-up game, this Monday night game for week 17, being Browns and Steelers, being a team that suddenly went from being favored to having nothing to play for. The Steelers, meanwhile, still alive 
in the playoff chase. They would need a little bit of help, but if they win out, they are, are definitely uh, going to be a team that is in contention to make the playoffs here. So they suddenly have something to play for. Uh, before we do look at Week 18, let's take a look at some plays that we want to make for this Week Week 17 wrap-up Monday Night Football game. Browns and Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh, unless something crazy were to happen, I suppose, in the playoffs. But uh, what do you got for this one? What are you looking at tonight? Uh, I know we, we keep making these first uh, first TD bets on these Monday Night Football games just for – we were talking before the show. I think these just first TD bets are a lot of fun to make. Mm-hmm. You get some decent odds on them. It's kind of something – you get rewarded usually pretty quickly on it. I have Deontay Johnson to score the first touchdown. Uh, getting 8-1 to one on it. I like the odds there. Um, you know, Chubb is 450. Najee Harris is is five to one. You know, Kareem Hunt is ten to one. Jarvis Landry is ten to one, and Claypool is twelve to one. I just see if if it's going to be a thrown touchdown. I really like Deontay Johnson's mm-hmm. chances of getting this, and I, I could see this being like a twenty yard score down the field. Um, I like the Steelers' motivation in this game. I like Big Ben's last home game. Um, one thing like I stood out to me, and I didn't know this, realized going in, like his family traveled to Kansas City for the game. That's the first time his family has ever gone on a road trip uh, with Big Ben. So he kind of knew that what? that was going to be his last. Yeah, <laughs> even playoff games. I think maybe Super Bowl, but outside of that, his family, yeah. his kids, had never traveled to the game, and wow. so he brought his kids along for that. You know, day after Christmas game. So uh-huh. I just thought that was interesting. I think Big Ben really cares about his legacy in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, and I think that I think they're going to be motivated to play tonight. So that's uh-huh. why I kind of like. I see the Steelers scoring the first touchdown. And I kind of see, I just kind of like throwing the odds at eight to one on Johnson to get the first touchdown. 19 year career. Ben Roethlisberger is wrapping up here. Never has lost to the Browns at home. So uh, definitely something at stake with that. I, I still sort of like the Browns. I mean, I know that they are now out of playoff contention. I think they're still the better team though. And so to suddenly be getting plus three rather than the minus three, you were getting in them a couple of days ago. I like that, but my favorite play in this game, these two teams are under machines. They have been for weeks now, but the Browns really have been all season. Neither of these teams, I mean, these teams just aren't built to wit to play high scoring games. And We've seen both of them be competent enough to punch up and play some higher scoring games when they have to, when the other team forces that issue and they can stay competitive. The, the Steelers did it most recently against the Chargers about a month or so ago. Uh, the, the Browns against the Packers back on Christmas. That was a 24-22 to 22 game. Not super high scoring, but the Browns ended up putting together a couple of scoring drives in a row in the second half to turn what looked like a total laugher into something of a contest. So we've seen both of those teams, when they have to force the issue, get to that point. But neither team is built to play like that. Neither team wants to play like that. And so when you have two teams like that against each other, we've seen it really all season long that the unders have been trending very well in these games where we're looking in the high 30s and the low 40s and the game stays under. I mean, we had a few this week, right? You had the Saints and the Panthers, and that was a game that was at like 37 and a half, 38, and that was comfortably under. You had the Bears and Giants at 38, and the Bears put up 29 points on their own, and that game stayed pretty comfortably under because the Giants only scored three like these teams we know who they are and and I just don't see the Browns and Steelers breaking out of that shell in this game here so I think under 42 and a half is one that stays pretty safe for us I think first to 20 wins this game regardless of the motivation on either side yeah I think that's good good reasoning on all that side I mean the weather is going to be a factor too I mean Mm -hmm. it's me cold it's going to be windy uh especially in steel like it's just, in, especially in Heinz Field, like the wind just swirls in there. You get kickers missing field goals all the time in there, which helps the under two. All right, let's take a look ahead quick here to Week 18. Now we're both going to throw out a couple of picks for our Week 18 look ahead lines. And again, we are sort of trying to figure out. Like, So I'm going to say my first one off the bat. 
I'm going to take the Chargers minus three against the Raiders. And like this was a game I circled right away because we know no matter what happens Saturday, no matter what happens in the beginning of the day Sunday, uh, these two teams care because this is a win and in game for both the Chargers and the Raiders. And when we're looking at these week 18 games with all these variables, with we said like teams that definitely care, teams that start out caring, but are scoreboard watching and see uh, that, you know, now our motivation is gone because we're locked into our playoff seed. Like the Bengals could be a team like that. If the Charger, if the Chiefs win on Saturday and then they don't really care anyway, like there's so many things like that. We know for sure the Chargers and the Raiders are going to care. So I circled this game and I circled the Chargers. They're just the better team. And the Raiders have done a hell of a job over these last three weeks to keep themselves alive and in the playoff race and to play themselves into a de facto playoff game against the Chargers here in Week 18. But the Chargers just have the higher ceiling. The Chargers have been the more consistent team all season. The Chargers are the team that I trust to do offensively what they want to do offensively when they go and do a game. We just haven't seen that with the Raiders for some time now. And they can pop up a nice game here and there, and we've seen that. And the win over the the Colts, very impressive. Let's also remember that Carson Wentz uh, wasn't really practicing all week. And was cleared very late in the week to be able to get into that game. And maybe that looks different if Carson Wentz has a full normal week of practice. Either way, we look at these teams, we size these teams up against one another all season long. The Chargers have just been the better team, the more consistent team. And I think that holds here in week 18 with the Chargers going to Vegas. They get the win, they get it by more than three. And I like them to be in the playoffs here. Yeah, this this line opened at two and a half last night. And I bet it at BetMGM like pretty quickly when I was writing down the opening lines last night. I just yeah, I just I just believe in Justin Herbert that he's mm-hmm. gonna win the game like this. So let's take a look at one of the Saturday games for your first pick here. Again, Chiefs Broncos. That is the first game on Saturday. You're taking a look, however, at the second game, Cowboys and Eagles. Cowboys three point favorites against the Eagles right now. As we said, the Eagles, like their seed could change, but not really a ton at stake. They're locked in. They're for sure the six of the seven seed. They don't know who they're playing. So they don't have a ton at stake here. Is that part of the reason why you like the Cowboys in this one? Yeah, and and one of the big reasons too is that you know I like that you know Jalen Hurts got banged up a couple weeks ago before the bye, and then he you know he was his questionable missed play against game. Washington, yeah. and then he missed a game, and then he was you know they were even talking about before that Washington game got delayed till Tuesday. You know mm-hmm. what is he going to look like? He hasn't been running a lot the last couple of days. He didn't run a lot against Washington last night. They were handing the ball off on the goal line, so I just I just think that he's banged up. So I think there's a good chance for the Eagles like. Why wouldn't you just start Gardner Minshew and get Jalen Hurts healthy for the playoffs? Yep, agreed. You know, rest some bodies. Um, they, they're really not playing for anything. This line opened at two. It's now three at BetMGM, but it's shaded towards the Cowboys minus 120 on the juice. So, I mean, this line's probably about to jump to three and a half. And then once the Eagles come, Nick Sirianni is going to come out and go, eh, I'm not really playing my guys this <laughs> week. And this, you know, this line's going to jump to four or five. The Cowboys need to get a win to lock in their seating. I really just... I think there's a good spot for the Cowboys, and I don't see a reason like they're not going to go rest a whole bunch of players either, and they need to win just to, to lock up their seating. So I just, I really like, I just like the Cowboys in this mm-hmm. game. You know, shading towards the under if I had to lean one way, but I just like the, I think this line's just going to go up, so that's why I'm kind of going with the making the bet on the Cowboys now, and then seeing what happens with the line if if Sirianni comes out and says, oh, I'm playing all my starters, keep them fresh or you know sharp, then maybe my difference. My opinion changes later in the yeah. week, but that's my my rationale behind it. If you can avoid the four seed in the NFC, you want to. I mean, no one's no team's going to come out and admit it, but realistically, you would rather play the Eagles 
Saints or 49ers than the Cardinals. And if you're the four seed, you're playing the Cardinals. Or somehow, if the Cardinals win and the Rams lose, you're playing the Rams. Obviously, you'd rather play one of those six, seven seeds than whoever ends up being the NFC West loser. That's just a fact. The Cowboys need to win this game if they are going to have a chance at getting off that four line, being the three seed, and getting to play the six seed. And so that's really what you're looking at here for the Cowboys. They're motivated. The Eagles. Do they really care if they're the six or the seven? I don't think so. So Jalen Hurts being healthy, that's what they care about. This does feel like the sort of game where they could just get Gardner Minshew a start and doesn't really matter to the Eagles win or lose. Um, let's go to our second picks here. I'm going to talk about something I just talked about. Um, give me the Browns Bengals under 44. Now the Bengals are an interesting one, right? Because they can actually still be the number one overall seed in the AFC. Is it going to happen? Almost certainly no. And this could be totally closed out on them uh, if the Chiefs win on Saturday. Then they can't be the one seed at that point. And then there, like, we're sort of talking about the same thing with them. Do they, like, is it a huge difference for them if they're the two or the three or the four? I mean, you're going to be playing, a, you're right, the Colts, the Bill, the Patriots, um, yeah, the, whoever's going to sneak in and get that last seed, the Chargers. Like, you're regardless of where you are, you're playing a quality team. Obviously, if you're the two, you're going to have a much better shot at being in the playoff, being in playing a home game in the AFC Championship game than if you're the four. But then you could also argue, like, well, if we're the four, would we rather play the Titans in the next round rather than the Chiefs if they're the two? And if we're the three, like, there's so many of these games. The point of it is, is that it's not worth trying to figure out for these teams and trying to play those seeding games. And so what this comes down to is, let's be healthy going into the playoffs. We all just saw with our own eyes just how good these Bengals can be when they are at full strength with that wildly impressive win over the Chiefs to lock up the AFC North. And so this leads me to believe that if the Bengals starters do play, it's going to be treated like something of a preseason game. Let's stay fresh. Let's get a couple of series under our belt. And then let's get Joe out of there. Let's get Jamar out of there. Let's get Joe Mixon out of there. And let's get ready for the playoffs. And so with that, combined with what I've already talked about with the Browns and the all way that that offense has been, and frankly, as good as that defense has been all season, I think this game stays under 44. Yeah, I think, and we saw Joe Burrow look like he was kind of banged up yesterday at points during the game. So I, I just think mm -hmm. the Bengals don't really have a lot to play for. So even if they, even if they do play the starters, I see them pulling them. So I, I, there's no reason to, you know, get hurt, bang up the injuries like this. And we're forgetting other factors. Like this is week 17. This is 17 games out of 18 yeah. weeks for these teams right now, and they have to go into the playoffs. And these teams know they're gonna have to win you know, four in a row to win the Super Bowl, except for the, you know, the Titans, if they can take care of business mm -hmm. on Sunday. So I, I just see, you know, I, I think these coaches are going to be really smart about getting players rest this week if they can. Yeah, Mike, Mike Vrabel, speaking of betting, has probably locked himself up coach of the year with uh, all the injuries that team had to ultimately be the number one seed, which uh, feels pretty comfortable that they're going to be able to do with a win on Sunday. Just remarkable what that team has done in the second half of the season. Let's take a look at a team that does have something to play for against a team that very much does not have anything to play for. In fact, losing is probably good for the franchise long term. I am talking about Bills and Jets, the Bills 16 and a half point favorites against the Jets. And this is indeed a game the Bills need. If the Bills lose and the Patriots win, the Patriots win the AFC East. So the Bills are motivated to win this game. What do you got in this one, DeWitt? Uh, I'm just, I, I think the Bills are going to win. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> I just don't think that the Bills are going to try and cover a 16 and a half point spread. Number one, the coach does not care about the spread. Um, number two, the True. Jets offense had a pretty good day yesterday. Zach Wilson looked pretty good against the, the Bucs. They probably should have won that game. Um, you know, minus the Antonio Brown act antics. Um, I just think that, you know, I see the Bills getting a comfortable lead here, but I don't see them. There's no reason to push the pedal down anymore. Like once they wrap up the win, they're good. They can cruise in the second half, run the ball. Um, you know, just I just see that 
the Bills are not going to be able to cover this spread. That's 16 and a half in any NFL game is a lot. And I just see mm-hmm. the, the Jets are going to keep playing for their coach. They're going to keep playing through the snaps. They're going to want to finish their season on a good note. The GM's going to be looking at this film, who to keep, who to get rid of in the offseason. And I just see the Jets have a little bit of motivation on the player's side and the coach's side to, you know, keep this game close. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to, you know, they're going to hang around and make it a close game. Like the Bengals, the Bills will also know going into this game if they have a shot at being the one seed. Because if the Chiefs win, that knocks out the Bengals, that knocks out the Bills. And the Patriots actually have like a 1% chance of being the one seed as well. But all of those teams need the Chiefs to lose on Saturday. And so if the Chiefs win that game on Saturday, which obviously they are comfortable favorites to do, then all those teams have a little bit less to play for. But as I said, Bills still need this game to win the AFC East. Uh, Jets have been a little bit frisky. They've covered a couple of spreads in a row. Actually, they've covered three spreads in a row now. 3-0 and in their last three weeks against the spread here with a couple of wins in there also. But um, Jets definitely uh, looking at a big spread against the Bills. We'll certainly see uh, how that one all goes. Week 18 always, I guess it's weekend, not week 18 always, week 7, the final week of the NFL season Always an interesting one for us in the betting world because of the motivations, the seeding, everything that goes into play. We look at it here on Monday. We'll be back with you a little bit later in the week to do so as well. That's Andrew DeWitt covering things for us on the NFL gambling side of things at The Athletic. DeWitt, thanks for being with us, man. Hey, have a good one. All right, NBA time and an absolutely loaded Monday slate. So we welcome on Tass Mellis from No Dunks to talk through this with us. Tass, I mean... Dude, our cup runneth over, man. I was looking at game after game after game and prop after prop. We have a lot of fun options tonight. Absolutely, Michael. The NBA does not stop giving just because the holiday season is over. (laughs) It's continuously giving us some good stuff and some good storylines as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've got uh, we've got a bunch that we want to get into here today. So let's uh, let's go ahead and do it. Let's take a quick look back at the last time you and I were together talking about this. A one and one week for you, a two and zero week for me. That runs your season record here to twelve and seven. Very profitable. I'm back to five hundred six and six. So a little bit less than profitable, but we can turn that around right here with just a couple of successful picks. We've got a lot of props that we're going to talk about here. We do have one side that we're offering up. You are offering that one up, and it is in one of the biggest spreads. Of of the day Sixers 13 and a half point favorites tonight against the Rockets what do you got for us here well the Sixers 13 and a half point favorites against the Houston Rockets as DeWitt said 15 and a half points in football big 13 and a half in basketball <laughs> yeah. doable especially with this unraveling Houston Rockets situation on the mm-hmm. weekend Christian Wood violated a team rule so he didn't start the game and then didn't want to come back into the game after half while his teammate Kevin Porter Jr pulled an Antonio Brown and left the arena at half, got in his car and said, no, thank you. I'm done with this game after having a bit of an altercation uh, with John Lucas, the assistant coach. Those two guys are suspended for tonight's game. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like they are going to just be lacking against the uh, the Sixers, especially with Christian Wood's situation. Christian yeah. Wood's missed two games this year. The Rockets have lost those games by 35 and 13 points. They're already bad in, in 10-point games. They're 4-20 and 20 in 10-point in games. They've lost seven in a row, and I think the Sixers are starting to find their groove. Without Christian Wood, the Rockets' best player, Joel Embiid, will have a heyday. Now, I am a bit worried that the Sixers, coming home after a three-game road trip, it's said in the NBA that that first game back is just a little sluggish. It kind of feels like a home game, but the Sixers are getting it together. And, and this is when the good teams start to rise, and, and the Sixers did win all three of those road games. 
and they're getting in that groove. So I, I think they will destroy the Rockets tonight. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Maybe the Rockets rally together around the guys who actually want to be there. Uh, however, <laughs> I, I do see the Sixers uh, just playing as a far better team right now. Not a great option for Joel Embiid. It's probably a blowout in Philly. Yeah, this is uh, just, I mean, you're already a bad team and you take a guy like Christian Wood off the court for you and that's just, eh, it's a killer. It's a killer for my fantasy team too, not that anyone cares about that, but uh, no Christian Wood tonight is just, uh, I think, you know, something where you lose a lot of hope when you lose a player like that and keeping it close becomes a a lot taller of a task for a team like Houston. So that's what we're looking at to start things off. Let's go to the prop world where uh, we're going to dovetail off each other for our second pick. I'm going to throw out Bradley Beal going over 27 and a half points, however, for my first pick. Really feeling this one uh, Washington against Charlotte one of the highest totals on the board today this is something you and I talked about what five six days ago when I was uh, throwing out Terry Rozier props about how this Charlotte team this is just a team that offense breeds offense it breeds it for themselves it breeds it for the team that they're playing against they are playing in very high total games they are the most bankable over team from a betting perspective in the NBA this season I don't see why that changes tonight against Washington Beal meanwhile averaging 29.8 points in his last five Charlotte, incredibly friendly to perimeter scorers. They are 29th in expected field goal percentage allowed, 24th in expected three-point percentage allowed. That should be music to Brad Beal's ears. I think he gets over 30 tonight. Yes, uh, he is looking really, really good now. He started the season a little bit slow, uh, but I'm not sure if it's just getting over COVID uh, where uh, he, he didn't have a great experience, but I think he's just looking a lot better. And I got to run with you on these prop calls, Michael. <laughs> that Terry Rozier double prop call. Yes, uh, yes. I think that was completed in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. He needed he needed one three one in the three. second half. He yeah. had the points already in the first. He needed one three in the second that he got pretty early in the third quarter. Yeah. So Brad, Brad Beal uh, is uh, is something I got to roll with you with. He's just he's looking real real good. So it's again as we as we say here. I'm best on the board, just uh, bet on good players having good games. And I'm not sure why I keep going to this team <laughs> thing with the, the Sixers. The, the tends to be the, the team or the games that I lose, and I tend to get the props right. But, uh, you know, feel, always, always feel good going in anyway. Well, let's go. Let's do. Let's go to the props to wrap things up here. I'm going to stick with the prop. You're also going there. We're going on points. We're going on points scored in these two sort of work with one another. Memphis and Brooklyn getting together today, a marquee game on the Monday slate, yes. maybe something of a statement game for Memphis going up against Brooklyn. And we're looking at a couple of guards on either side of this one to go over their point scoring props. I'm going top of the top of the top. You're not quite going there, but Patty Mills and John Morant, they do sort of fit together here. Let's hear the argument for Patty Mills going over 14 and a half. Well, the Brooklyn Nets have lost two games in a row, and, and I think – Uh, This team looked at itself in the mirror after Saturday night against the Los Angeles Clippers where they lost to a Clippers team missing seven guys from their rotation. They were up 11 in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were calling each other out after the game. And I think a a good team and good players like Kevin Durant and James Harden uh, will come back and have a really good one. Now, why does Patty Mills benefit from that? Because he is that sort of supplementary score. If they're moving the ball, if they're moving on defense even, and transitioning to offense, Patty Mills will be the recipient of lots of open passes. And so the last couple games that the Nets have lost, he's only had 10 field goal attempted, 10 field goal attempts in each of those two games. While mm-hmm. we're, when they were going a little bit better, the six games before that, 17 and a half field goal attempts. So that 14 and a half point line that he's got tonight, I think should be surpassed. Strictly if the field goal attempts are there and when they're playing better, again, those 
will be there for Patty Mills. So I think he bounces back. And they want to have one good game here before Kyrie Irving debuts on yes. Wednesday. I think they, <laughs> they do want to get this uh, this thing rolling in the right direction after two bad losses. And Patty Mills, you'll see mm-hmm. him put some points on the board because of it. Yeah, maybe an opportunity for Patty Mills to uh, say, hey, you know, Kyrie's coming back, Kyrie's Kyrie, but don't forget about what I can do as a key member of this backcourt right. and a key member of this rotation. Uh, John Morant sitting on that same 27.5-point prop that uh, Brad Beal is at tonight. I like this. I think we're getting a little bit of a favor from the books here, leaning on the fact that Brooklyn is a very good defense. This is a strong defensive team, especially when you're looking at expected metrics first in the NBA in both expected field goal percentage and expected three-point percentage allowed. So uh, John Morant definitely going to have his hands full with that matchup. But you talk about a team that can play that good a defense, that can throw that many bodies at John Morant in a game that still gives us a total of 226 and a half. So even though we're expecting maybe some good defense on Brooklyn's side of the ball here, this is a game that could still easily play its way into the 220s, into the 230s, and that plays its way into Jaws' hands when he is scoring as well as he has been recently, 33, 41, and 30 in his last three games. So I think part of the reason that we're getting this down at 27 and a half is because of Brooklyn's defense. And, you know, maybe that applies to certain players in the league, but John Morant is John Morant. When he's going like this, this is a guy who can be a scoring machine. I'm going to take what I feel as something of a little bit of a gift from the books here and just let Ja get to 28, get me a win. I feel very good about that while going into it eyes wide open, knowing that this is not necessarily the same sort of defenses he has played over those three games where he has been pouring it in. Very interesting, because I do think the Nets will lock it down a lot more than they have the last couple games, but uh, I agree with you in that Defense is one thing, but guard defense is something else. And the Nets do lack uh, some on-the-ball defense or even pick-and-roll defense at times. Eric Bledsoe went off against them on Saturday, mm-hmm. 27 points uh, in that game when the guys guarding him out on the printer, James Harden included, Bruce Brown included, just sometimes were a little clueless in terms of their pick-and-roll coverage, and that's why Bledsoe was able to go off. So uh, the, I would say, you know, I haven't looked too deeply into this, but I imagine guards – tend to score uh, against the, the Brooklyn Nets. And so this 27 and a half, although a big one, it's a juicy number. Uh, as you said, he has been uh, able to rock that number because he is he is a superstar in the making. So it wouldn't be shocking uh, to see him hit 28 or more. Yeah, like uh, like that, like the uh, three-point props you can get on him and Desmond Bain in this one as well. Something to think about yeah. if you are looking for other directions to that's get another, invested. That's in. really just like your be. Terry Rozier, your Terry yeah. Rozier play, your secondary well, guard play against this Nets team. <laughs> it's a good yeah. play. It's always a play that we're going to be looking at. And hey, a very fun game ahead of us tonight with these two teams getting together. Like I said, potentially a statement game for the Memphis Grizzlies. Certainly one where they're going to want to show up and uh, show that this really is a team that's going to be reckoned with in the West, have to be reckoned with uh, in the Western Conference. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Best on the Board. Thank you so much for listening to us. For Tass, for DeWitt, I am Michael Beller. As we say every single episode, happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. See you.